Good morning. Whoa, somebody's got this mic up because they know my voice. <laughs> it's, it's not a big one. Now, tomorrow morning, you make sure you're here. Um, you are in for a great time. Um, you're going to hear my favorite preacher tomorrow morning. <laughs> and um, David Grant is a man of God. And um, it will be a joy tomorrow. But I thank you for being here today. Um, thank you to the president and leadership for your gracious invitation. Um, I am so grateful there's a legacy of women in ministry at North Central. I have tracked with some of those colleagues and some of my heroes that are to this day being used to God. This is a unique moment in God's time. And some of these ladies have been ministering for decades, but they are on the front line of God's moment now. I love that. This is a unique moment. I don't want to miss it. We don't want to miss what he is doing. And I thank God for Dr. Tennyson for so ably laying a biblical foundation for us on Monday. I don't know of anyone better to do that. And I want you to remember it well, because as you listen this morning, at times you may wonder, where did that go? Um, but that, that is our foundation, and it's a strong foundation. That's our safe place. Thankful to David Grant, along with every man in this place this morning. You might be thinking this week is for women, but can I tell you the truth? Women. Do not do the will of God in spite of men. We do it in relationship to men. This isn't us, me or you or us or them. This is us. Shoulder to shoulder, fulfilling the call of God. He and I are together. We're on the same side of the fight. So young men, older men, whatever your age, thank you for being here this morning. We need each other. This is not about us. It's about us. Thank God there's victory in the camp when it's unity. I thank God for the fresh wind of the spirit that's blowing. And this morning, this, this, this message this morning, I won't even call it a message. I don't even know what to call it. I just know that I, God has really, this chapel, and we have moments together, has been heavy on my heart ever since I said yes. And so I'm going to be trying, to, I'm doing everything I can to just share with you what I feel God has impressed on my heart. The word of the Lord, Jeremiah, came to me saying, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nations. Ah, sovereign Lord, I said, I do not know how to speak. I'm only a child. I'm too young. I'm too old. We all have our I am only and the Lord said to me, do not say I am only a child. You must go to everyone I send you to and say whatever I command you. Do not be afraid of them, for I am with you and will rescue you, declares the Lord. Then the Lord reached out his hand and 
touched my mouth and said to me, now I have put my words in your mouth. See, today I appoint you over nations and kingdoms to uproot and tear down, to destroy and overthrow, to build and to plant. The word of the Lord came to me, and he goes on. He will put his words in your mouth. He knew you before you were. He set you apart for his purposes. God's call to ministry on my life began when I was seven years old. I was a quiet, reserved, introverted, introverted little girl in a less than quiet Pentecostal church. I was always thinking, I was always reflecting, the mind was always going. The wonderful thing was in that church, I saw things happen that there was no explanation except for God. So much so. Now, I saw things happen at eight and nine that I already sat there and thought, God, you don't have anything to do with that. Now, let's be honest. Not everything we see in the house of God is of God. Some things are human. But I tell you, you will see what you look for. If we look for the hand of God and to discern what he is doing, we will see God at work. Don't get distracted by human reactions to God. People who have never sensed God's presence before comes into his house, like times of revival, and they sense something they've never experienced, they don't know what to do with it. That's okay. Keep coming, keep coming, keep coming. God is in this place. Keep our eyes. God was at work, and I saw that so strongly. By my teens, I sensed his hand on my life in an anointing to minister. Not specifically to preach, to teach, to pastor, or be a missionary. But I only knew, he said, Beth, I am calling you to be available to me. Wherever, whenever, whatever I ask you to do. I found that a little confusing. I'm a planner. I love to plan. I wanted a five-year plan if I said yes to him for what I would be doing five years after college. Never got the plan. I got a step-by-step nudge of the Holy Spirit. Every step of the way when I needed direction, he met me there. In that moment, and I had to take the next step in obedience, not knowing what the next step was. But he has been there. He will be faithful. We worshiped him this morning, his faithfulness. He is with us. I didn't have an idea what God's call would look like all down the road. But you know what? Not having a label put on my call has freed me up just to be free to run with him. Whatever the moment, whatever, I have to discern, God, what are you doing in this moment? What are you doing in this place? Let me not miss what you're doing because I have an agenda. 
My agenda is irrelevant. His agenda is everything. And as we live in a prophetic day and God's purposes and movement, he is moving. He is doing miraculous things. But it's day by day, friends. We may have thought we get leadership and a calling and it gives us guidance forever. But we're having to say yes every day. There's not one yes. The call of God is not one yes. Let me just throw very quickly out what I feel are some key truths for me as a follower of Jesus and minister in significant days. Number one, God is sovereign. God is doing what God does. We can try to analyze it all we want, but the fact is God's sovereign. And it doesn't always look like we would like to look. He is sovereign. I've watched in nation after nation, up close and personal, how he calls, anoints, and gifts women, men, girls, and boys for his mission in our world. I believe there's a special connection between the outpouring of the Spirit and women being called to ministry. From Joel's prophecy to the day of Pentecost from Azusa Street and present day moves of the Spirit, whenever the Holy Spirit is at work, there will be daughters as well as sons who stand up under the great anointing of the Holy Spirit and say like Jesus, the Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is upon me. That's not arrogant. That's humility. The spirit of the sovereign Lord is upon me. He has anointed me to preach good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim freedom for prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind. To release the oppressed in Jesus' name and proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. If you are a pastor or God has called you to pastor and you want revival and a great move of God, you will have the responsibility to discern the call of God and the gifts of God on little girls and women as well as men. That is our responsibility as spiritual leaders. Pastors, you have a special role to play in that regard. Number two, being set apart by God to minister, whether in the church, marketplace, education, or social work, etc., is not a gender issue. Let me say it again. The call of God is not a gender issue. And when we make it one, we all lose. It's irrelevant. If I read the book correctly, there's far too many women God raised up for moments, pivotal moments, key moments, teaching roles, all kinds of roles. He did that. Quite frankly, it's more difficult than that. The call of God is not a gender issue. It's an obedience issue. Male or female, it's obedience. It's an obedience issue. Being female is no excuse for Beth Grant. 
for ignoring or, dis- or dissipating God's calling and his purpose in my life. I have no excuse. I was teaching as a guest lecturer in one of our universities. I had been invited to teach or share with a speech class about how I go about sermon preparation. There was a young man sitting in the very back row with his girlfriend leaned back against the wall with his arms crossed the whole time I spoke. And the body language was very obvious. So at the end, when I opened it up for Q&A, he was the first one to have a question. He said, how do you defend being a woman in the pulpit? I was taken back privately by the question. I didn't expect it there. But in that moment, with all honesty, I said, I've never felt the need to defend obedience. Never, never felt the need to defend obedience. Ladies, it's not about your gender. It's about your obedience. It's about your obedience. He has not called us to be self-conscious. He's called us to be God conscious. To walk, our culture says you must be, oh, how much do you weigh? What do you wear? What do you look like? What's your voice sound like? It enforces and just pours into us self-consciousness. That is not God. He has not called man or woman to walk in self-consciousness. There is liberty to knowing I don't walk before men. I walk before God. I walk before God. And when I walk and minister in awareness that I walk in his presence, then I am free of self-consciousness because Beth is not the issue. It's him, it's him, it's him. It's God and his purposes, his spirit. Note the call of God is not about rights. I had a pastor that I highly respect, but it taken in different stance on women in ministries. So I asked to meet with him personally. I just said, talk to me. Help me understand. Help me understand. He said, oh, I guess you've heard about some of my sermons that went around the world on this topic. I said, yeah, I have. But I wanted to hear it from you. Help me understand. He said, well, Beth, I just have a problem with women that are militant about their right to minister. And I said, Pastor, most women ministers I know are not comfortable with that. But I said that sense of entitlement regarding ministry is not appropriate in a woman or a man. None of us, male nor female, have a right. Nothing I see in Philippians 2 in Jesus pouring himself out In obedience to the Father, nothing is there that even hints 
rights. If he did not walk with any sense of right, who are you and I to say I have a right to do this or that in the kingdom? He's called us to do something that is absolutely humbling and a privilege. I believe we dishonor the call of God for men and women if we make the conversation about rights. It's the wrong conversation. That's a cultural conversation. It's not kingdom. We serve in humility. Number three, students, steward your voice. Your voice is a gift from God. My voice is a gift from God. They all sound different, but they're gifts from God. It's critical in a culture of untamed, polluting voices and messages that we steward the gift of the voice God has given us. Save your voice. I'm going to say two things about that. Save your voice. If, if we speak to everything, our voices will no longer be heard or taken seriously. Just because we have an opinion about everything doesn't mean it needs to be said. Save your voice. We are, God help us, we are wasting our voices all across social media on unworthy causes, unworthy messages, because he has called us to use our voice. But he has called us as the church, as men and women of God, to use our voice on messages that are redemptive and life-changing and healing and delivering. He's calling us to break chains, to cast out demons. He's causing, he's calling you to use your voice. But don't waste it. Because when you use your voice, you also waste your emotions. On unworthy causes. Save the energy and the gifts God has given you for them. Oh, the great mission of God in Christ Jesus. That's what our world is desperate to hear. My personal prayer always over these years when God asks me to say yes to a platform is that people will not leave saying, we are this woman. My prayer is that they will leave saying, we heard from God. We heard from God. The voice is not great, but God is. Lastly, when I was praying this morning early, I felt God impress on my heart that in this day, we must strengthen our yeses and our noes to be in alignment with his word, his will, and his mission. Let me say it again. We must strengthen our yeses. 
to be in alignment with his word, his will, and his mission. Say, Beth, what are you saying? Most of us in this room, at some point in our lives, said yes to God and what he has for us. We said yes to his call and his purposes. But friends, one yes years ago will not get it. We will say yes again and again and again and again. And some days we say it with a shout and victory. Yes. Yes, Lord. Yes. And other times we will say it quietly with tears. Is it still yes? It's time. Some of us here have not said yes for a while. The world is changing. There has been literally in the last few years a tsunami of diabolical evil unleashed on our nation and our world. In that environment, even a yes from a year ago will not be enough. God is calling you today to say yes, Lord, one more time. That has not changed. Our nation may change. Our families may change. Everything around us may change. But that yes must be reaffirmed. In the middle of this hell, I say yes. Yes, Lord. Yes. Our yes must, get much, get in, it must be strengthened and reaffirmed every day. And I would encourage you in that. The voice needs to be strong. You need to, get, you need to be ready and familiar with hearing God's truth and that yes out loud. I literally walk and read out loud the promises I think he wants me to share. Because the first time I hear that in my voice shouldn't be in the middle of the moment. Get it in your voice. Pray God's word. Pray God's word and pray over it until literally when you read his word, it soars. Hallelujah. It just takes, something happens in the spirit. He anoints it and it soars. It will come forth in power. His yeses. But it's not enough to find, to find our strength and strengthen our yeses. But we must also discern the things we should be saying no to. There are some things, friends, I am appalled that the church is not saying no to. Our no. There are things that are unjust. They're out of alignment with the will and purpose of God. And I, and plus the lies, the lies of the enemy come against us. Sometimes as women, you're not good enough. You're not enough. You're not this. You're not that. Jeremiah all over again. And we must be quicker to discern the voice of the enemy. Quicker. Not to entertain that, but to say, wait a minute, that's not God's truth over me. That is a lie out of hell. No. No. Resist the enemy and he will flee from you. We're not saying enough no's. 
No, no. This has never been more visible to me in working with women and children in red light districts of over 100,000 women and children. In cultures where girls and women have been taught that a little girl cannot say no to any man in her family or community close to her. She literally never speaks the word no. So part of our program for little girls that are still living in harm's way in red light districts, their mom is on a spiritual journey, they're on a spiritual journey, they're still in harm's way, is to teach little four and five-year-old girls to know what no sounds like in their voice. How to say no and to say it loud. It's got to be fierce. It's got to grow. So literally, in our programs, we practice with them. They've got to get learned, and they've got to learn no. One day, our director in Kolkata was walking through the red light district. She saw a little girl that's part of the program. Her eyes lit up. She waved to the little girl. The little girl was so happy to see her, and she darted off down one of the alleys in the red light district. And Ambika was watching and walking forward, and all of a sudden, she saw a man who was a customer turn the corner, and that little girl caught his eye. Ambika could no longer see the little girl, but she saw that man. He turned with a look that will chill you and started going after that little girl. Ambika started running. It was out of sight, but she knew where he was headed for that little girl. And all of a sudden, she heard a little girl's voice out of that alleyway after that man walked in. This little girl's voice started saying, no, 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 no. And that man came running out of that place because he never heard a little girl say no in his life. It's time for you and I to discern when it's time to say no to the enemy. Find your voice. Not just to preach, but to say no. Satan, I refuse to let you have any foothold in my life. I refuse your lies. I mean, Jesus. I refuse to participate and listen to your lies. No. As we pray, I encourage you. Some of you need to say yes again because it needs to be full of strength, full of courage. This is a day we must have courage and say yes with courage. If it, you know if that's you, it's going to take yes every day to do what God wants you to do and to see victory over the powers of darkness in this day. And some of us need to discern that it's time to start saying no. Only God, by his spirit, you, he can clearly let you know. And even in his presence, you may already know where you should be saying no. God has good plans for you. But you have to be ready 
to say yes to him. No conditions. Yes. And you need to strengthen your no in the places God is speaking to you about. Father, Father, we're so aware of your presence this morning. We pray that you would, oh God, speak clearly to each one of us. Our hearts are to do your will. We love you. We love you so much. And Father, what we are seeing in our world is so grievous, but help forgive us for standing and wringing our hands and saying, isn't this terrible? Instead, Lord, speak to us clearly and help us to know today what we, you want us to say yes to. Help us to discern your open doors. We know not every open door is from you. Help us to discern those doors that are of you. And Father, with everything that is within us, on the good days and the difficult days, we will say, yes, Lord, yes, yes. We want your will in our lives more than anything else. And Lord, I pray that you would convict us in the areas we've just been tolerating things when we should have been saying, no, this is not pleasing to the Lord. Set us free, Lord, from anything that would bind us and hinder us from saying no with strength, fierceness, and courage. We are yours. As Mary said, may your will be done with me. As you say, we are yours. And Father, I believe out of those yeses and noes in alignment with your word and your mission, as you work in us and we each step up and respond, I believe, Father, that men and women in this place are going to be anointed with a powerful a mantle of anointing for this hour, for this moment in your time. Anoint them, I pray. And we will give you all the praise and the honor and the glory for the miracles, for redemption, for deliverance, for all the things that you do when we partner with you. In the powerful name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.